Hey everybody, it's Miss Texas USA 2020, Taylor Kessler, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tialdo. Hey everybody, my name is Tim Tialdo, and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, I do encourage you to go back and listen, because there are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome and thanks for checking us out. Each episode of Life After the Crown, I interview former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. My guest today is the current Miss Texas USA and in 2017 was Miss Grand United States where she was able to travel the world and spent a month in Vietnam. For the past six years, she's been a model for designer Sherry Hill and will graduate this spring with a double major in communications and broadcast productions from Sam Houston State University. This former athlete is pursuing her dream of becoming an NFL sideline reporter and just recently served as pre-show and halftime host and MC for the All-American Bowl on NBC. She is also an intern with Galvanize Women in Sports, and last summer was able to interview some of the Jacksonville Jaguars rookies. Passionate about her philanthropy, she is an advocate for domestic violence awareness and volunteers at several women's shelters. She also volunteers at Jamie's Hope Foundation, Sunshine Kids, and Sky High for Kids. Her mission statement is called The Road Less Traveled and believes people should live their life with purpose. She's in the midst of preparing for Miss USA later this year. Taylor Kessler, great to catch up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, you know, you and I caught up at Miss Universe, and uh, we actually were on one of the uh, the guest buses together, just kind of chatting it up and said, you know, we ought to do a podcast together. So I'm, I'm happy that you, you were able to make it. I know. I loved it. I loved our conversation on the bus, and I'm excited to expand on what we talk about a little bit more. Well, sure. And and for those of you listening, by the way, I'm recording this on April 1st. So we are actually in the middle of this whole uh, coronavirus quarantine thing. So, Taylor, um, <laughs> how are you handling the quarantine down there in Texas? As best as I can, you know, the numbers are getting higher every day and it's just kind of being precautious in what I'm doing. Unfortunately, all my events have been canceled being Miss Texas thus far, but I'm making do with what I can, just sending out videos, staying positive and reminding everybody just to listen to the CDC, be positive and just kind of stick through this together. Yeah. And I think the, the hashtag social distancing, it's, it's already getting tired and I think everybody's worn out on it. But what have you been able to do to, I guess, kind of stay in communication with everybody? Have you been doing Instagram lives? What are the things that you've been doing to just kind of, uh, you know, stay in communication with people? Well, I've currently just been like, because I have no time, but just to be on social media, I love doing our Instagram lives. People really get to know me when I'm talking to them. And it's a fun way for them to get to know me and ask questions and see who I am. But I've also been doing Zoom calls. I know that me and my best friends just all did a Zoom call and we all live in different states. So that was fun to get to see each other that way because we're normally together this week. Well, at the end of March, we're normally together every year. So it was kind of hard not being able to see them. But just staying close to my friends, checking in on them, seeing how they're doing, seeing how my family's doing, making sure that they're all okay. That's kind of what I've been doing recently. 
Yeah, kind of thank God for FaceTime and Zoom at this point, right? I know. It's a great way to connect with everybody. I mean, I don't know what I would have done without it. It's funny because I normally like to FaceTime people rather than text them. So it's something I'm used to already. But all my friends are like, how do you do this? Like, how do you keep your phone there and like look at each other? And it's like, it's a great way to connect. And when me being the outgoing person I am and love to being around people, I have to have my interaction with somebody at least once a day. So FaceTime's the best thing for me. So when you get on Instagram and maybe you do an Instagram live or you post questions, um, what, what, what are the, you know, as a state title holder in Texas, what are some of the questions that people are asking you? What do they love to know about you? Well, a lot of people want to know about what I'm doing to prepare for Miss USA currently. And a lot of that's kind of on hold, just not being able to meet with my trainers and work out with them or walk with my walking coach or go see my interview with trainers one-on-one. It's more FaceTime calls and them checking in and making sure that I am getting my workouts and still in a, I'm still in a good mental space. So that's kind of what I've been doing recently. And then a lot of people just want to know what my favorite quarantine snacks are and <laughs> what I'm doing to stay busy and keep myself entertained. So I've had some funny questions come up, but I do have to say the quarantine snacks was probably my favorite one. I am a foodie, but my favorite snack was kind of embarrassing. It was hot Cheetos or Takis, something spicy. (laughs) Hot Cheetos. Probably not on your Miss USA prep list, right? It's not on my prep list. So I've had to cut them out, but I allow myself one a day. Well, well, you had mentioned there that, you know, as a current title holder, and I've had a couple of the others on uh, up to this point, you know, um, the best thing I can relate it to was the conversation I had with Olivia Jordan uh, when back in 2015, you know, Miss Universe went through the whole transition from Trump to IMG. And they were really up in the air as to whether they were going to have a pageant, where it was going to be, was it going to be on television Now, this class, your class, is going through an entirely different scenario with uh, something completely unexpected with coronavirus. I I know you girls have all kind of been communicating with each other. What's what's the general sense between all of you as to what's happening and and what you're foreseeing as for Miss USA coming up? I mean, we're all just praying and waiting. We really haven't heard much about what could happen. So we're all just hoping on this end that at least something's happened. And for me, luckily, I was the first one, one crowned, so I had so many events that I got to do. But a lot of girls were just crowned at the end of January or at the beginning of January, and they haven't really had a reign. So luckily my reign got extended because we moved the Miss Texas date from Labor Day weekend to January. But a lot of these girls are like, my reigns are basically over because I'll just compete for Miss USA and then our titles are given up. So I feel, I feel bad for those girls. I never really got the chance to get out and be involved in their community in the way that they really wanted to. I mean, this has taken everybody blindsided with what's happening and really kind of put a damper on things. But a lot of us are so positive and sticking through it. And we're doing as much as we can from inside our houses and being social distanced from one another. But we're just trying to stay positive throughout it all at this point. Well, and I'm certainly praying for your girls. And I hope this thing, you know, goes as it should. You know, of course, we have no idea when events are going to be allowed again and all that kind of stuff. But um, before this all happened, I was hearing August. Um, so I think, yes, for many of you, it literally will be right at the end, if not at the end of your reign. So um, we'll, we'll see if that's the case or not. I don't have any confirmation of that necessarily, but that's what I was hearing before the whole coronavirus outbreak happened. So, all right. So let's talk yeah. about your pageant journey. Um, you've been doing okay. this a little while. Um, I know you were Miss Grand United States, but um, as I do with everybody that comes on, take me back to the beginning. When did pageants come into the life of Taylor Kessler? They've always been a part of my life, which is funny. I never really competed in them when I was younger, but I watched Miss USA and Miss Universe with my mom and my sister. And when I was 
four years old, my mom will never let me forget it. She said I was glued to the TV. I was fascinated, <laughs> fascinated by these women. And I told her, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be Miss USA. I want to be Miss Universe. That was my goal. And I was a very imaginative little child. I had my whole life planned out for me, knowing that I wanted to go into reporting and knowing that I wanted to compete in pageants. So I basically written my life out at that point. But pageants really became a vital part of my life at the age of 17. I was talking to my mom and she's like, you know what? I think you're ready to compete. Let's see what we can do. So I went to go take headshots with a photographer here in Houston and he was like, I think you need to compete in a prelim before you go to Texas because it's exactly the same way Texas is run. You'll get an idea of what it's like instead of going blind. And so I said, okay. And he goes, here's the kicker. It's in two, maybe three weeks. And I said, oh, great. <laughs> Never completed a pageant before. Had no idea what I was doing. I've watched them on TV, but it's so different actually preparing. So being an athlete, I geared up as much as I can. And I went in and ended up being second runner up. So that was my first pageant. And then from there, it was kind of my passion. And being an athlete, I'm a very competitive person. And it was a great feel for me to kind of get that competitive drive back. So tell me about Miss Grand United States. I'm not honestly that familiar with that system. I know you got to spend some time in Vietnam because of it. But kind of you know, walk everybody through what Miss Grand United States is. So Miss Grand United States is another organization kind of like Miss International or Miss World or Miss Earth. Um, the Miss Grand International is a huge system, and their platform is stopping the war on violence. So we're talking about how we can help our countries and the other countries around the world and ending violence and what we can do there. So I was given the opportunity to compete for Miss Grand in the United States at the age of 20. And it's funny because you normally compete for your state title. Well, I was just anointed the title. They had an interview with me online, and then they were like, well, Texas is taken, but California is open. And my mother's from California, so that's kind of how I got that title. People always assume I'm from California, but my mom is. So that's the way I got that title. And then I went to compete at the United States Project in New York City, and I competed there for a week. And we had a bunch of different events, and we had interviews. And the different thing that I noticed with them was that we had to give a speech. So we had to do a speech on something that's an important topic in the world that we all need to speak on. And for me, it was domestic violence. So that was what my speech was about, and it was the first time I had told anybody I was in an abusive relationship my freshman year of college. And so for me, it was a really hard moment, but I overcame so many things. And then after I had won that title, I lived in New York City for a little bit, and I was coming back from Texas to New York constantly. And then I got to go to Vietnam for a month. And let me tell you, that pageant system, that's a hard system. So you were in an abusive relationship. And I know, I believe, Miss New Jersey USA right now, Gina Mellish, uh, was also in an abusive relationship early on in her college career. How does pageantry help you to, um, I guess, number one, digest it. But number two, it's almost like a cleansing, you know, being able to support organizations that, you know, help overcome what you went through? I mean, for me, it was really hard telling anybody that I was in an abusive relationship because a lot of times the women that were abused and the men that are abused are embarrassed for it. And me being who I am, I'm very independent. I'm a strong person. And to allow myself to get in that kind of situation, I was so embarrassed to tell anybody at first. And then I was actually in an organization where our philanthropy was domestic violence and sexual assault awareness. So for me, I was being educated in what an abusive relationship is. I was learning how to take care of the women and men that come through the relationship and help, help them get back to reality and get into a stable life again. Little did I realize that I was actually going through it until a long time down the relationship. I was like, this is it. That's enough. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So it was a hard moment for me, but 
pageants have allowed me to use my message and use my voice in a way that I never thought. I don't think if I had the confidence that I've had, I don't think I would have been able to ever come forward and say what happened to me. Well, and I see that you also get to volunteer at, at several women's shelters with the titles that you've held, um, which I'm sure is yeah. a, a good feeling. I mean, it's an amazing feeling getting to go there and help these women and men, I mean, go through what I had to go through and showing them at the end of the day, like you can overcome anything that's put in your way. I know it seems hard and I know it's a tough thing to go through at this point, but you will overcome this and it's only going to make you stronger. And now just being this Texas USA and getting to do this, this was amazing because before I was just volunteering there, not having a title because it was a passion of mine. And now having a title, I have such a bigger platform to share this message with so many people that don't feel like they can speak up and share their message and share their voice. Well, let's talk about Texas USA. So you finish up Miss Grand United States. Uh, Was Texas USA always a goal or was it just, you know, you kind of made a choice between America and USA and that's what you went with? Well, Miss Universe was always a goal for me. And obviously to get to Miss Universe, I have to win Texas and win Miss USA. So being from Texas, I wanted to represent my state. I have so much passion for this state. So I always wanted to compete for Texas, but I wanted to take a year off. And then I had a few people that I'm very close with kind of push me into the direction of, Taylor, you need to compete. We really think you should do it. And so I got pushed into competing the year that Logan Lester gave up her title. And I, funny again, I had two, maybe three weeks to prepare for that pageant too. And it was one of the hardest challenges I've ever been through, but it was amazing. And I was, I realized why I wanted to compete in Texas USA and what the system was about. And it just kind of kickstarted that fire again for me to compete even more. Well, I've had three of your predecessors from Texas on. So I just recently had Crystal Stewart on who talked about the fact that it took her, I think, five times before she actually won the crown. And then I had Logan, who you just mentioned, and then Alea, who obviously was on The Bachelor as well, um, all have had different aspects of, you know, what they believe Texas represents and, you know, the challenges that they faced uh, competing in such a big state. Um, Tell everybody about your experience um, as Texas operates in its current form. So I started competing at the age of 17 and I went for Texas teen and I had never won. I never won a pageant at the time. And at that time, being a young teenager, it starts to get to you like, "Am am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? And for me, I, I had to question that at times, but I knew that this is something I really wanted and I knew that I could get to that goal. And if I kept working and I kept putting all that I had into this title and to competing for this title, that I could win it. I knew that God has given me every tool, every asset that I needed to win. And so at that point, it was for me a mindset of just having to believe in myself and believing that God will put me where I need to be. And so I went and competed for Miss Texas at 18 and I didn't place at all, and I was like, okay, I'm very young. I really, I'm brand new in college. I want to take some time off, focus on myself. So I took three years off, won my other title for Miss Grand after my three-year hiatus, and then came back for Miss Texas, and I placed top 15, and then I went to compete for Texas this year and came out the winner. So it's really just kind of a mindset for me, knowing that I have the tools and I'm capable of doing what I need to do to get the job done. And it was a confidence I never had before, and I felt that I lacked. And because of that mental headspace that I was in, I just was focused on myself only and really working and getting the best me on that stage. Well, look, there's, uh, you know, obviously there's, you know, 50 plus girls that go in every year. I would consider you 
uh, somebody who is definitely a contender. You know, I know Texas has always been considered a, a sash factor state or a powerhouse state or, you know, just a, you know, somebody to look out for. And, you know, quite frankly, for the last few years, Texas has, you know, had its challenges to really getting into the 15 and, and higher into the ranks. And I, I could see you definitely bringing some uh, prestige back to the big uh, Lone Star State. Um, how are you feeling about your prep at this point, even though you have no idea when or if Miss USA will be this year? Well, thank you for that. I mean, that's the goal is to always bring the title back to Texas. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, do you feel the pressure of the title of Texas? And I said, yes, I do. I mean, we've had the number one winners out of all the states to say. So for me, I, there is a pressure on me to do well, perform well, but I know that no matter what I do, as long as I can make that top 15, if I can do my best and I've done everything I could to get there, that's all that matters. That's all that's going to make me happy at the end of the day. But for me, I mean, I perform well under pressure, so I'm excited for it. I love a challenge, and this is something new for me. And I've worked so hard to get to this one point in my life that I know that God has set my life up for this, either to learn a lesson or to take the title and use my voice on a platform that's bigger than myself and bigger than the Texas organization. So I'm just praying and waiting every day just to see what happens. Well, one of the things that should be easy for you to do in preparation for the pageant is uh, picking an evening gown. You're a model and designer for Sherry Hill, who's, of course, the big sponsor of the, the evening gown portion. So uh, talk about you know going through that process and I guess how you got involved with Sherry Hill originally, because I think it's been like six years. Yeah. So I so at the beginning of my reign, I ha- well, not my reign, but the beginning of my pageant journey, I started working with a store called Muzzies and we were designing my dresses for Texas Teen and all the other pageants that had competed in. I've worked with them very closely, but Sherry's made every single gown that I've had worn for any pageant. So I started modeling with her and I've built a relationship and a bond with the company itself, but also Sherry. I mean, she's so supportive of all of us women. And it's funny because we joked about how at the beginning competing at a team and to where I am now, she's like, you've just changed so much. And, you know, she supported me throughout it all. And so it was really cool to have that opportunity to have her design my dress for Miss USA. And we joked about hopefully maybe one day she'll design my dress for Miss Universe. But, you know, that moment with Sherry was amazing. And it was It's actually funny because that was the first time I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Miss Miss USA, was when I went to go see her in December during Miss Universe to design my gown for Miss USA. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Miss USA. This is real. That's when it finally hit me. So it's an amazing moment to have with her. And because of that, I got to meet so many other women that have competed on the Miss USA stage, and I've received so much advice from them. And their support and everything for me is amazing. Now, tell me about Sherry, because I think outside of, you know, Farouk with Chi, uh, Sherry Hill's probably the, you know, biggest financial supporter of the Miss Universe organization. What's it like to directly work with her? Because believe it or not, I've actually never met Sherry. We've never crossed paths, even when I've been at the national pageant. So I'd, I'd just love to know kind of what she's like. She is probably one of the most humble and sweetest people you have ever met. She's willing to do anything she can for this organization and for the girls in this organization. She wants the absolute best for us. I know even before I had won my title of Texas, her preparing me for pageants that I were in, I was in, her helping me with my gown, wanting the absolute best for me, making sure I felt my absolute most confident in that gown was her main mission. And I know when she designs gowns for other girls, that's her goal. She wants them to feel their absolute best and their most confident. And 
I think somebody that sponsors a pageant in that way, it's so important, so vital to make sure that we're happy at the end of the day with our final decision because this is our one chance. She knows we have the one shot to compete for Miss USA or Miss Teen USA, and she wants to make us feel our best. So that's definitely somebody you need to meet because, I, I mean, she's seen it all at this point in time, and she's somebody that you will always want on your side no matter what. Now, you are a former athlete, so this should certainly help you in the uh, swimsuit competition. And, uh, you know, I've kind of seen a trend over the last couple of years, especially with athletes. I, you know, of course, Chesley won, and then I had Triana Brown on a couple of weeks ago, uh, who uh, obviously was a, a big-time heptathlete at Oklahoma State University. What type of athlete were you uh, before getting into pageants? So I've heard as many sports as I could. I loved to be busy, and I still stand true to that today. But I started with cheer, volleyball, figure, skate, figure skating, swim team, and a few other sports that I never really got into as much because I wasn't that great at. So basketball, softball, my hand-eye coordination was not great, but everything else was pretty awesome. Now, because of athletics, um, and I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of where it stems from, one of your dreams is to become an NFL sideline reporter. As we mentioned in the beginning, you've already done some work uh, for NBC. Um, I've had Laura Rutledge on from ESPN, who's probably one of the most well-known sideline reporters out there, Maria Taylor. Uh, I'm always interested to know, and I, uh, Isabella Radovan, I believe, from Texas is another one. They all want to be sideline reporters. Why is it that you want to be a sideline reporter? What is it about that job that just speaks to you? Well, being an athlete, I know the drive and the passion that these people have for their career fields and their sport. And I just love watching sports. I feel my best and most at home when I'm on the sidelines reporting, seeing those games. But it's not just doing sideline reporting. I really want to be able to have a spot at the table, to be a pioneer for women in this field and kind of break through the glass ceiling that's set before us and making it a normal thing to have a woman talking about sports. And you don't really see it as much now, but that's kind of the goal for me. And being an athlete, when I was going to college and I was going into the broadcast production field, I had the chance to do news or I had the chance to do sports at my school. And for me, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to take the jump and try sports. And I kind of fell in love with it at that point. And growing up, my dad played football in college and my brother was an athlete. And so I was constantly at games. I constantly saw what these people did to be in their best shape and their passion for what they do inspired me. And for me, it's not telling their statistics, but really sharing who they are as a person, what they've done, and what they've had to go through to overcome everything that they've been through in their life and what got them to this point now. And that's kind of where it stems from for me. Now, you're uh, graduating with a broadcast degree uh, from Sam Houston State University. Um, and I will tell you, there are a ton of girls in the pageant world who want to do what it is that you want to do. I can tell you when I go to Alabama, especially, because that's the whole Roll Tide community, College football yeah. is, is like religion, and it's like every other yeah. bio I read, they all say, you know, I want to be on game day. I want to be an NFL sideline reporter, a college sideline reporter. Uh, when you have had the chance to do it or when you have gone through some of these courses and, you know, the opportunity to be on camera, what, when you are beginning in it, is the most challenging thing you know, from your standpoint? I mean, for me, it's kind of, this is something that so many women are interested in right now. And for me, it's staying true to who I am and knowing that, yes, it's going to be hard. It's really, it's a really hard career field to break into, but just making sure that I'm using the right connections. I'm taking every opportunity, no matter how big, how small it is, I'm taking every opportunity to better myself in my career field. And so it's really just making sure that you do what's best for you. I mean, whether 
it's we have Quidditch at our school. So whether it's a Quidditch game or a baseball game, being out there, talking to people, getting as much information and many loops on your belt as you can, that's what's important, just showing that you are well-rounded. And for me, it's kind of funny. Yes, I love to be in front of the camera, but I can also go behind the camera, set up the camera, set up the whole production, produce a show, direct a show, play technical director. I can do both sides. And especially being in that career field, talking to people from the Jaguars organization, they said that's what we love is being able to know that you can set up a camera and a tripod and you can go record yourself and you're not going to have to have anybody else help you do it, knowing that you can take both sides of it no matter what. Yep, the old one-man band. That, that's always the way to get yeah. in. If you can learn how to do that, you can do just about anything in the business. So that's, that's good that you're going through that. Uh, now, your mission statement stuck out to me, Road Less Traveled. Obviously, it's a, a very popular book out there. Uh, but from your standpoint, um, yeah. Tell us all about Road Less Traveled and what that means to you. So for me, it kind of that came to my mind because I was talking to somebody about what I've been through and how I've, how I've overcome everything that's happened to me in my life. And, and I mean, there's so many things that I've been through in my life that not many people should have, ha, should have to go through at my age or any age younger or older than me. And so for me, my mission is to talk to people about the power of a positive mindset. And that's not a road many people take when they're going through something tragic in their life. They normally tend to let it soak in and they have these negative feelings. And for me, when something happens to me in my life, I immediately like to turn it around and be positive throughout everything I've done. And, you know, everything I've been through in my life, I think has happened for a reason. So I can talk about what I've went through and how I've overcome it and how a positive mindset has changed my life to this day. I mean, everything, even now, what we're going through, I stay positive. I remain positive and I try to keep the people around me in a great headspace because if you're negative and you dull on it every moment, it's going to be harder for you to get through things. And I broke my back last year and I had talked to my mom. And at that point, I switched flips for me. And I was in a negative space because everything I had worked for was taken, me, taken from me at that moment. And I told her, I was like, I just don't understand why this would happen to me. And she's like, Taylor, this is not you. You're not a, you're not a negative person. You can't dull on this. She's like, if you want to change your life, you need to change your mind. And that's something that's kind of stuck out to me. And help me remind myself that I need to be positive in order to get through this. And so the road less traveled is kind of something that's been the path that I've taken to stay positive throughout it all and something that I want to teach other people as well. I mean, you broke your back, Taylor. That's a big deal. Are you, you fully recovered from that? Yes and no. I mean, there's things that I can't do that I used to be able to do. And it's hard knowing that. But I'm able to change what happened to me and use it as my power and what pushes me to be better. I mean... I broke my back in March last year, and I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to compete. They told me that it should take a year, if not longer, to be fully healed. And because I believe because of my positive mindset, I beat the odds. I mean, in July, they were like, you're able to compete for Miss Texas, but you're going to have to be precautious about everything you do. So the way I thought, the way I changed, the way I walked, everything I did had to change because... I had to do what was comfortable for my body at that time, and I didn't want to push myself. So it was a lot of challenges that I had to overcome to get to where I am now. But just because of my positive mindset, I mean, that's how I've overcome everything at this point. Well, gosh, certainly praying for continued recovery. I know anything to do with the spine is always a, a pretty big deal, so I'm just glad that you're okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was a hard time in my life, but I think things happen for a reason, and I can't dull over it. It's just something that's happened to me. 
Well, before we get into our uh, get to know Taylor questions, um, so you know, Miss USA is coming up. Whatever happens with that, you know, obviously will will dictate you know at least the immediate future for you. But uh, when pageantry is done for you, um, is that NFL sideline reporter career path? Is that where you want to be? Is that what you want to ultimately be doing? Yes, that's pretty much my main goal. At the end of the day, that's the career path I've wanted for most of my life. So. Working with NFL, working with ESPN, that would be my dream goal. I know I've talked to a few teams that I've wanted to work with, so now we're just waiting to see what happens at Miss USA. And if I win the crown, things may change, but if not, then you may see me on the sideline here soon. Well, that will be awesome. I'll tell you what, after we hang up, I would love to connect you with my two former podcast guests, Laura Rutledge and Maria Taylor, who, you know, as we've talked about, are are pretty much two of the biggest sideline reporters on television right now, both at ESPN. So be happy to make that connection for you if that will help you. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So you ready for your 10 get to know you questions? As ready as I'll ever be. Well, okay. So this is a little different than normal. I actually found 10 that I, these are specifically for you because I pulled them from an article entitled questions you can only answer if you're from Texas. Oh gosh. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm like, now I'm stressed. (laughs) Oh no, don't be stressed. This is totally for fun. All right, here we go. Number one. Is everything really bigger in Texas? Yes, I think it is. From the food to the football games to everything, everything is bigger in Texas. How many uh, contestants were in Miss Texas USA this year? 82, including myself. Okay. Number two, is country music all Texans listen to? No, it is not. (laughs) We do have some amazing people from Texas, such as Post Malone and Beyonce. Number three, do you really think Texas is the best state? I do. I hate to say that, but Texas is my whole heart. And, you know, nothing compares to Texas. Everybody loves Texas. Number four, is the barbecue really that good? Oh, my gosh. Texas barbecue is better than any barbecue I've ever had. I'm so sorry to all you other southern states, but nothing compares to Texas barbecue. Not even Kansas City barbecue? Nope. <laughs> mm, all right, number five. Is high school football as big of a deal as people say it is down there? Oh, yes. Being a cheerleader, that's all that people talk about, especially in high school. Friday Night Lights, that's the game. You want to be there. Everybody's there. Your whole community's cheering you guys on. So, yes, Texas high school football is huge. <laughs> number six. Does everybody own a gun in Texas? No. The funny thing, I've been asked that multiple times. I do not own a gun. Uh, I don't think many people own a gun here in Texas, but, you know, we have our carry law, so no, not everybody owns a gun, but some do. Got it. Number seven, uh, I believe you grew up in the Houston area, so how do you survive the sweltering summer Texas heat? Well, being an athlete when I was younger, I swam a lot. The swim team was my favorite thing, so I'm normally by the pool when it's summertime. Number eight. uh, This is a very common term, but I don't think a lot of people actually know what it is. So what is Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex is Mexican-American cuisine, but with a Texas twist. And I oddly think it's way better than just regular Mexican food. It's cheesy and greasy and amazing. So what would be a, I guess, quote, Texas twist on a Mexican dish? Give me an example. So a lot of times, one of my best friends, she's 
disrespect the and she thinks it's so funny that I I thought Tex-Mex Tex originally was like authentic Mexican food, but it's just cheesier. It's more American style. There's not really as much flavor as Mexican food, but it's just really cheesy. So queso on everything, cheese on everything. So really, cheese is the big deal there. Cheese is the big deal. Okay. It's the big cheese. Number nine is y'all a word? In Texas, it is. <laughs> my mom's in Cal- and my mom's in California, and she cannot stand when I say y'all. It's her like she cringes every time I say it. So she doesn't believe it's a word, but everyone here in Texas does. All right, last one. Here we go. Number ten. How many pairs of cowboy boots does Taylor own? I own. I want to say six. Six <laughs> pairs. Of six. That's all, huh? But it's, that's all. I don't wear, I'm, it's funny, I'm from Texas, but I'm not that country. I don't wear that many boots. I wear them during rodeo season, and that's really it. Do you like to go to the rodeo? Oh, Houston Rodeo is one of my favorite events during March. It's all that Houston is meant to be. If you're ever coming to Houston, come to, come to Texas Rodeo during March. It's the best time. There's great food, carnival rides. You get to shop to your heart's desire, but there's also great bands and concerts as well. All right, very good. Well, you're off the hook. Nice job answering the Texas 10 questions. Well, thank you. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Appreciate the time today. I'm, I'm obviously very excited for you. I'm not really, of course, sure what's going to happen with Miss USA and everything that's uh, coming up here over the next couple of months, but I wish you the best of luck, and I really do appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time. Well, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. It was great to do one. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody, and to Taylor Kessler for her time. Now, if you want to follow Taylor on social media, you can check out her Instagram, at Taylor Lee Kessler. Lee is spelled L-E-I-G-H. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, and YouTube. Or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram, at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Philippians 4.6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.